Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is proud to be sponsored by Outreach. That's Outreach.io, the leading sales engagement platform. Outreach supports sales reps by enabling them to humanize communications at scale from automating the soul-sucking manual work that eats up sales time to providing action-oriented tips on what communications are working best. Outreach has your back. It's a great product. The company is filled with amazing people. And I can tell you firsthand, Outreach will make your sales org better. Do yourself a favor and check them out today. The Sales Leadership Podcast is also brought to you by Xvoyant, the one-on-one sales improvement platform that's transforming how high-growth sales leaders use Salesforce around the world. If you're one of the 97% of sales leaders that have a sales process but don't have a structured one-on-one coaching process, check out Xvoyant today. The Xvoyant team will show you how your one-on-ones with each rep can drive purpose-driven activities in a way that will change careers in, in, in your organization almost immediately. If you don't have a plan on how you can help every rep on your team improve by at least 10%, Xvoyant can help you grow faster than you ever thought possible. We appreciate each of our listeners and are committed to introducing you to the most innovative, most successful sales leaders in the world. If you like what you hear, please keep those reviews coming on your favorite podcast sites. Your reviews make it easier for more people to find this show and be introduced to these sales success blueprints. Now... Get ready for some sales insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are joined by someone that is no stranger to our show. Max Altshuler is the VP of Marketing at Outreach. His company, Sales Hacker, became the largest resource for salespeople in the world. Since Sales Hacker was acquired by Outreach, Sales Hacker has only grown faster and created more value for salespeople worldwide. Now, Max joined us on the show last year, and his episode is the number one download in our show's history. Kudos to you, Max. Max is an, is an accomplished author and a dear friend of mine. Max has an approach to goal setting and follow-up that has not only fueled his personal success, but as he has shared it with people, it has fueled the success of many others. He's outlined it in his book, Career Hacking, and he's shared several LinkedIn posts over the last couple of years that have blown up as he shared this approach. His his system has been so good and turned so many heads that I had to have him on our show early in the year, so each of you would benefit from Max sharing his proven method of taking what the market offers and then some. Max, my man, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great to Max, be here. Max, you are, uh, our show had a really good year last year. We've blown up. We, we get a lot of stuff happening. Uh, but you are the guy, man. You are the number one download. People loved what you had to share, uh, last year more than anybody else. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, try and stay humble, but you know, it's, it's always, it's always fun to hear that. Um, you know, we've, we built a really good, uh, group and community on sales hacker over the years. I think we're, we're at, a. um, uh, we just we just did a fresh cleaning of the list. I think we're at 146,000 active uh, uh, subscribers um, on the Sales Hacker community now. So 
Wow. I mean, it's just wild to, to see how fast it's, it's blown up. And the profession itself, I mean, it's a testament to the sales profession and um, the companies that are kind of changing the game and, um, and the, the individuals who are changing the game, the people that you've had on your show uh, that come on here every day and, and share their knowledge, um, you know, with the rest of the up-and-comers and the rest of the world. So it's an exciting time to be in sales. It is, and that's one of the reasons, like, first of all, I appreciate our friendship. You're, you're a great friend. You're, you're a great advisor to some of the things I do. Uh, and I love what you've done because you have, it's cool. I want to, I want to start like I started before. You, you're no, you're no stranger to sales. You're no stranger to our show, but we may have some people that might be new to outreach or new to you. I want to start by having you introduce that, but Max, it's got to be cool because your career so far has really, your thumbprint is all over how sales is done today. Can you just share a little bit about outreach and then let's get into you and then we'll get into your system. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I'll give you the kind of backstory. Like Sales Hacker was the community that we built that I had ended up selling to Outreach in 2018. And Sales Hacker to me was, uh, you know, we, we, we started this kind of, how do we, how do we talk about modern sales? How do we talk about technology's role in modern sales and the proliferation of, of sales technologies? Um, it's been, I think over the past five years, one of the, um, most venture backed, you know, segments of, no of the market. Uh, you're seeing kind of it taking the world by storm with a couple new, like, you know, unicorns or multi-billion dollar companies, uh, that are coming out. You're seeing Salesforce and Microsoft and a couple of these other companies kind of get into the fray. And, you know, I always thought like rising tide lifts all boats. Sales Hacker was the, you know, the company that kind of helped bring all these technologies to the forefront of the conversation. And then, uh, we ended up selling to a company called Outreach, which is kind of your system of engagement or, your, or system of activity. So if your CRM is your system of record where all of your data lives, you keep your clean there, you update your records, whatever else, outreach is your system of engagement. So your reps would um, do all of their uh, engagement activities like phone calls, emails, even LinkedIn messages, everything, their omni-channel outreach all in one system. It allows you to track um, and analyze and measure the impacts that those things are having and tweak them so that you can essentially almost like clone your best reps. Mm. So all the things that your a, a rep is doing, you know is working because they're closing more deals and you can replicate that across your other reps and manage that um, efficiently and effectively because you can actually see the activities happening and understand what they're doing. So uh, that's outreach in a, in a you know small 10 second nutshell there. Um, and, Let me just uh, add one thing to it, Max. We, we, we don't do this on our show very often, but I'll do it now. We, we are an outreach user and I can tell you that your, your technology does exactly what we said. We're, we're a happy customer, you know, so amen awesome. to what you said. Hell yeah. Okay. So that's your background. You started, you started, uh, sales hacker. You got acquired by outreach. Uh, you've written a couple of cool books that I want to talk about as we go. But let's, let's, let's kind of shift gears a little bit. I mean, you've had this amazing run, Max. You, you've developed, you've helped develop how sales is done right. You've helped develop how sales is done in the modern environment. Um, you know, but that wasn't an accident, was it? No. Uh, you, no I mean, you're not accidentally successful. No, definitely not. Um, it wasn't an accident. It's, you know, a long time of hard work. I think I got a, a, a post that I put out recently. Um, I got a lot of love was the, kind of my last 10 years summary. Yeah. So I graduated in uh, 09. So it's been about a full decade now for me in the, the workforce. And I dove straight into, you know, I was the first sales hire at a company called Udemy, which is an online education marketplace, a uh, billion, multi-billion dollar company now. And my favorite thing to do, like my hobby, all I did was work. 
but I loved to hack sales. I love to figure out, okay, like if this is, I'll read every book and figure out how sales was done in the past and I'll get good at that. Like this doesn't seem efficient anymore. This technology now exists. I can go out to the Philippines and build an SDR team. And I just started hacking all the different things that I was doing um, in the modern sales process. And, you know, that's what spawned sales hacker and all the content that I wrote. And then the, the first book hacking sales, um, the second book, you know, sales engagement. And then, uh, you know, the, the third book, which was career hacking for millennials was kind of, all right, separate from sales. Like, here's my journey. Here's what got me here. Right. I didn't go the corporate route. I didn't go, you know, work four years at, you know, some big established company and then, you know, started comp- whatever else. Like I just kind of did it my way, dove in head first, worked a lot, made a lot of sacrifices. You know, one of my, my key mantras is uh, your twenties are for learning, your thirties are for earning. So I think like, you know, I, I kind of backloaded that. I sacrificed a lot of my twenties working really hard and working yeah. really long hours, but I really like what I do. And, you know, I, I, I love sales. Like it's this ultimate kind of game, right? It's a, a psychology, it's people. Um, but it's also like a puzzle to solve. I've always said it's the closest thing to being a professional athlete. Cause in sales, you got one person that wins in a pursuit and everybody else loses. You yeah. know, there really are no second place finishers. There's no trophies for coming in second in a sales pursuit. Right. Yeah, and so that's why I love it. Okay. So that's, that's, that's a good setup. It's a good background. I, for those people that know you, they're like, okay, Rob, let's get going for people that don't know you. They now know why you're here. Okay. Yeah. And, and like, I love your approach, man. I mean, I know you pretty well and your approach to goal setting is something that everybody looked at. Like this one that you just did last week had 150,000 views. And then this morning you, you put another one out there on how do you follow it up? And that's why I reached out to you and said, let's turn it into a show. Because we're we're leaving, we got a new year, 2020, maybe even bigger, we've got a new decade, right? If there's ever a time that people are gonna be saying, you know, let's let's you know seize the day, seize the moment, seize the year, seize the decade, it's now. But you and I both know, Max, most of the time people set goals and then very few people actually follow through. Very few people actually do something about those. And you've you've shown that you're one of those very few, and it wasn't again because you got lucky, you're intentionally successful. Yeah. And, and, and what I wanted to share with our listeners and you know, our base, we got thousands of people listening, most of them sales leaders, then a whole bunch of salespeople that aspire to be sales leaders. I thought better than reading about it or he's seeing a post, let's get the guy on and let's talk about it. And then maybe hopefully we'll send a lot of people to go look at career hacking to read about it in your book as well. Yeah. So, and it, it is about being intentionally successful. Also like this shit isn't luck. Like, you know, there's, there's elements of luck. And there's plenty of times where I've been lucky. There's plenty of times where I've been unlucky. There's plenty of times where I've been playing just straight up stupid or like didn't ask the right questions, didn't see my blind spots, didn't leverage my advisors or my mentors, didn't, uh, you know, bit off more than I can chew. But the, like my goal setting and the framework that I set for my goals and then what I follow through on that kind of keep help over time help keep me on track. And one of the funny things about like your, your career, your life in general is like, you want to go from point A to point B, but you don't, a lot of times you don't really know where point B is. And if you do, it's almost never a straight line. And so I remember I went sailing, you know, late in my twenties for the first time. I wasn't a sailing kid or anything like that, but I learned this lesson in sailing. It's called uh, like tacking. Yep. So when you, you go point A to point B, if you're going against the wind, which in your career, you always are. You know, the wind is rarely ever at your back unless you've got, you know, the silver spoon thing or something going on. But, you know, you're always going against the wind. And if you want to go from point A to point B, 
it ends up looking like this squiggly line. You go a little bit, you know, uh, right for a while, not straight, and then you cut back, back to like where the line would be. And then you go off again, and then you cut back. And that's how you go up when, and that's kind of what your, you know, your career ends up looking like. You're almost never going in that straight line. You're kind of going in these like, you know, zigzags to get to where you want to go. Cause you're kind of trying to figure out like, where really is that, that point B? And, you know, you got to, you know, try and test a couple things along the way. So a lot of like my goal setting frameworks have helped me calibrate over time and say like, Hey, am I, am I going in the right direction or do I need to tack back? in the other direction to get back to the line. Um, and I think it's really important to have that. Otherwise you end up getting lost or you end up, you know, being in a job too long where you're comfortable and you're not challenging yourself or um, you end up in the wrong job or the wrong industry or, you know, you're not, you're not diversifying enough or, you know, you're focused too much on one part of your, your journey and not another part, you know? So like you're doing great in your career, but your body's falling apart and your relationships are falling apart. Like that's not a well-rounded person either. And, you know, your point B really in life should be like purpose, fulfillment, joy, happiness, being at a point where, you know, you're not necessarily always looking like it's, you're living in the present, but you know, your future present's going to be good too. Cause you're setting yourself up for success. I think that's really important, Max. And I think for our people that are listening right now, you know, one of the things I've learned, Max, and you know, I've, cause you, you know, me pretty well everyone has their personal shit, right? Everybody has their stuff. Yeah. And when, when you're in your shit, it's easy to think I'm the only one in shit like this. And for you to say what you just said, no one has the wind always at their back, right? Yeah. Uh, everyone has to learn to tack. Everyone's got to learn to keep moving forward. And when I love how you use the sailing uh, example, one of my very favorite uh, kind of business philosophers, Jim Rohn, R-H-O-N-E. And he has a famous speech called the setting of the sails. And what he says is the way that a ship goes rarely has anything to do with which direction the wind blows. Uh, it's, it's how you set your sail. And yeah. uh, I love that. And so that's why this is so good. You're going to talk about a methodology to make sure you set your sail the right way and not just mm -hmm. for a minute, but you keep it there. So let's get into that. Can you start yeah. by just sharing your framework a little bit? I, I think it's fantastic. And I'd love yeah. you to dive in. I'll, so I'll share the thing that I do for my annual goal setting first. And uh, for that, you know, I just open a Google Doc. That's where I prefer to do my writing. You could do it on a, you know, old-fashioned pen and paper, draw a line down the middle, whatever you want to do. Um, but I go through my Google Calendar and my photos in my phone. I'll, you know, yep. pull out my photo app, whatever, and just go through all my photos from the beginning of the year. And I'll kind of go calendar and, and phone at the same time, just go like week to week as I go through. And I write down, you know, um, in, on one side of the a doc, like, what did I like? Who did I like spending time with? And what didn't I like? Who didn't I like spending time with? And what it ends up doing is you get to this point where you're like, okay, cool. In 20, in 2020, let's say in the next year or the next two years or whatever, here are all the people that like are things that I really like doing, what I, and you know, places that I really like going, um, activities, whatever it is, or people I like hanging out with that I want to make sure I optimize for. I spend more time doing those things. And here are all the things that I really didn't like. Like, why am I doing these things to begin with? Are they part of my job? Are they part of my life? Like, are they part of the status quo or like social constructs that I have to be doing them? Like, you could start rethinking some of those negative things. What about people? Am I hanging out with this person because they've been in my life for a very long time and I feel like I have to? Or do I really actually like hanging out with this person? Is this person overly negative and doesn't, 
take accountability for their actions and complains a lot, why would I want to hang out with somebody like that? Because, you know, right, you're the uh, sum of your five you know, closest people, whatever the you know, 100%. expression yep. is, that's real. Like, that's an expression for a reason, and, and I'm sure there are plenty that are, are expressions and are, are probably crappy, but that is unequivocal, like, the number one thing. You are who you surround yourself with. And so if you surround yourself with people who are comfortable in their ways and, like, don't take risks and don't take accountability for their actions or their failures and, therefore, don't learn from them or people who complain about their situation but don't do anything about it, then, like, that's what you are going to end up doing. But if you hang out with ambitious growth mindset people who make you better, then that's what you end up being, better. You start questioning things. You start learning things. You start taking accountability for things. Those are the people you want to surround yourself with. So, so I, I got to push pause on that, Max. Yeah, go Sorry. For it. So I love this because I 100% subscribe to that. And I think that people often don't realize that that five people or that you are who you surround yourself with. I, I love the way you said that. A lot of people think that it's just like a personal thing or whatever, but you spend so much time in your career. Your professional cycles are such a big percentage. I think it's a big deal that you push pause and say, who am I surrounding myself with and what is it preparing me to do or accomplish or get? And I don't think enough people actually take that lens. Yeah, and it's also a way to diversify. I mean, like you go through your pictures, your calendar, and then you come across a conference that you went to. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I went to that conference. You know what? I made a couple good friends there. I really like the people who were at that conference. The content was great. Like, I want to go to that conference, but also like next year, like how do I spend more time in that at network? Places like that. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So you optimize for that the next year. And then you're right? time with that. Yeah, there you go. Come to Unleash. <laughs> spend right. time with the people you want to spend time with. That's right. You know, I remember um going to a conference like that when I was at Udemy and I was like, Wow, everybody here is like a growth mindset person. Like, you know, they're like all into what can they do to better themselves? I thought that was like really interesting. And I would, you know, at that time I was like, okay, I want to like, I want to see what other things are like this. Like even when I'm not at a conference, are there programs or communities that I can get into that are similar to this? So, you know, it's one of those things where you look at that and, and if you didn't do this exercise, maybe you don't put two and two together and then you don't do that and then you don't optimize for it next year. And you like, you, you move on with your life. You forget about it. You're like, Oh, remember that thing I did five years ago? Like that was really cool. Instead of actually like, getting into that environment, getting into those ways. And it's the same thing with like your, your, you know, your old friends, you know, you, you hang out with people and people change over time. So you look back at your review and you're like, Oh man, the last five times I hung out with that person, they were really negative. They were yeah. really down on things. And they just like, they don't seem, it doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon because it's always somebody else's fault. Yep. And that's the worst because you don't take accountability, then you can't learn from it. And then it's like, you're just in this perpetual cycle of, you know, life, life sucks. Like I'm unlucky. Like why don't I ever get the good breaks? You don't want to be around people like that. Like you won't accomplish shit if you are hanging around people like that. So I can tell you, Max, I'm going to interrupt you again. I'm interrupting you again, brother. So you and me sat down at an awesome steakhouse here in Salt Lake city. And you listened to me talk about some stuff I was working through. And you told me that like, okay, yeah, you got some stuff, man, but I don't want to hear about the negatives. I want to hear what you're doing about it. It was awesome. It was what I needed to hear. And that's why you were the right guy to talk to me. And yeah. And I think, I think that what you're saying is real. It's easy to get into, uh, I got a shitty hand. You know, I, I, it's easy to get into that. And, and I want to think, you know, I, I want to tell you, I th- I'm glad you bring that up now because I think we got sales leaders who would say, Oh, I got a shitty goal or the people in the company don't get it or I'm not supported the right way. Or there's a lot of reasons why you might say we, we aren't going to hit our goal. 
and I like what you're saying is surround yourself by the people who help you do it. Like I'm thinking of my Christmas morning. I, my first call on Christmas morning is a friend of both of ours. I got a call from Jill Conrath asking me what I was going to do to make 2020 my best year ever. How awesome yeah. is that to be surrounded by people like that? Yeah. And then, and then you look at that and you say, like, okay, I want to be surrounded by more people like that, or I want to spend more time with that person. That's right. So that year in review is really important because that kind of sets up um, your past. It's like, what am I, what did I learn from this past year? And it, and it gives you that time to like absorb it. Cause otherwise you have all these like learnings or moments and you don't take that time to like define them or put them into a bucket. And so they just like their moments and then they're in the past and you've wasted them. The second thing you do on the Google doc is you do your three to five year plan. I like to do three years and I write this as a letter from my future self. So this is almost kind of like a, so cool. Like a, 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 a you're, like almost like a vision board or like a, ma- a universe manifestation. So like the universe will provide if you have like a clear plan of where you're going. So it's 2023 and last year I got married and had, you know, our first kid and she was, ha- it was a girl. She was happy and healthy. My company is doing great. Get granular. Like what about your company is doing great? Revenue tripled to X, Y, and Z. And I did X, Y, like get pretty deep on all these different areas of your life that you care about that you want to like, you want to, iron out or flush out and actually ends up you actually start to see things three years out and say like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. Where do I want to live at that point? Do I want to be where I am today? Or do I care about, you know, do I care about something else? You know, do I want to be closer to nature or whatever it is like the person I'm with? Like, are they somebody I see myself with in three years? You start to clarify that too. So it's your story as if you're writing it as your, you know, for in this case, 2023 year, you know, 2023 self in the year 2023 on December 30th, I'm writing what happened the past three years. Here's a little chronicle, get granular, get detailed, you know, whatever. So now you end up having the past and the future where so you, where I, you been and where you want to go. Yeah. Can I ask a question about that? So for people that have never done this, you've done this for years and that's part of your DNA. It's what you do and you know, it works. The first time you do it. So I'm thinking we got all these thousands of people that are listening to you right now, Max. They're like, that's a cool idea. Is it like, is it hard to write that letter to yourself? Is it weird to start thinking? Cause now, like you said, you're seeing trends. That letter is probably a fun letter for you to write at the end of the year, every year now. Is it, it should be. I mean, any pointers for the right. first timers, any pointers for first timers that might feel like it's weird. I just don't start writing. To say. All right. Just start writing. You'll, and, and like you'll, you'll go back and, and layer things in later and you'll go like look at it when you're done and be like, Oh, I didn't write about this. I didn't write about that. Like think of all the aspects of your life where you can write right now. Like I have a, a wife and a kid now that I didn't have previously. Right. So like, thank you. So that now has a new section like parenting. I mean, that's the, that's been the hardest thing for me to goal plan for is like, man, I don't know. I I have like almost no clarity into like what that's going to look like a year, two, three, four, whatever years from now, but you do your best to figure out like, well, what do I want for her three years from now? Do I want her to be in like a Montessori school or something like that? Should she be doing, should, you know, do I want her learning another language or those things, those things matter to me or does it, does it matter that I'm spending time like three years from now? Do I want to write that? Like I only worked 40 hours a week and I'm working remotely on projects that I love and it allows me to spend more time with my family and I'm, I'm getting at least X amount of hours per week with my daughter and we have daddy daughter dates every Saturday. We go out to like, the local pancake place and get yep. pancakes and talk about our week or whatever. Like 
the, like that's the granularity I like to go into. It's like here's here's like here's what my life looks like now. And if I and if so so like what I was getting with that is if you clarified what's working from the past, and now you're understanding where you want to go in the future, you can get to your present goals. Now you can really get to your present goals and say, okay, cool. Like I know I've defined and clarified the last year or two. You know, if you've been doing this for a few years, eventually you get to a point where like you could look back on your previous ones and be like, damn, I've clarified every year where I've gone, benchmarked it, and then I'm also looking forward. And you can and what ends up being cool after you've done this for a few years also is you look at your three-year plan that you wrote out the year before and you're like, what changed? Yeah. Like, what did I realize about myself that I cared more about? Like, for me this year, it was nature. Like, I really realized how much more time I wanted to spend in nature and out of cities than in previous years. Cool. So for me, it's like, okay, I don't want to live in a high-rise in, like, San Francisco or New York or anything like that. I don't even want to live in, like, an apartment or, like, a brownstone or a house, like, in the city's limit, I, I want to be, I want to be out. Like that's my, my, my three-year goal is like, put me, put me close to like a mountain where I can hike. Like, I keep looking like this cause I see a mountain right here. I'm in Arizona right now and I can walk across the street and hike up this little mountain. And that's like amazing. Like that hour that I get a day, I'm on paternity leave right now. That hour that I get a day to go take that hike. I put the baby in her little carrier yeah. right here. Yeah. Yeah. There, that brings me so much joy peace, clarity, thinking time. Like, I don't know if I trade that, trade that for, for anything right now. And all of a sudden, like, this is something that's important to me. So this is why it's so important to, you know, go back and reread these things, see how you're growing, see how you're learning. So anyway, I'll keep going here. I won't get too stuck up on that. But This is awesome, Max. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So now it's time to get into your kind of like present goals. So um, I like to do five buckets with three sub goals for each. Awesome. No more, no less. And, you know, you probably think that's like kind of arbitrary, like why five buckets? Why three for each? I think you just want to get to a point where you feel like it's covering enough of your life, but it's still attainable. And there's a, always that balance. It's like, oh, but there's so many other things I want to do. Well, like if you add them all, then you're not going to do any of them. There's also the Warren Buffett, I think it's called a 525. So Warren Buffett's goal setting thing was, Write down the 25 things you want to accomplish in order and then delete the last 20. So you end up with the first five because that's all you're going to do. So like if you and I sit here and say like, oh, I want to learn guitar. I want to learn Spanish, all this other shit. Those two things are probably going to be in like the 15 to 25 range. Delete them. Like even having them in your mind is a problem. Is a problem. It's clogging all the other stuff that's really a priority, which is like raising a kid or you know, having a career or whatever else. Like, you know, guitar and Spanish are really nice to have. They might be goals, but delete them until you accomplish the first five. Then you can make the list again another time. And again, yeah. recalibrate like 525 is something you can do every year. So this is my 525. I do five buckets and then I have three sub goals under each bucket. Um, because that's just my way of doing it. It's been attainable for me and, and I like it. So for me, you know, my buckets in the past have been physical, business, relationships, mental, and then personal. Um, with a kid now in the mix, you know, uh, relationships has gotten a lot more kid-focused and my relationship with my wife-focused versus relationships that used to be networking relationships or keeping in touch with old friends, things like that. Like those things got less important and new things got more important. 
Uh, physical for me has been, um, you know, less of a weight loss, uh, thing recently and more of like a, a fit in shape endurance posture has been important to me. So figuring out how to build a goal around fixing my posture mm. that's also like quantifiable, quantifiable and measurable, um, has been an interesting one, um, that's been, you know, for me to work through around this season. Obviously like income goals, diversification goals, you know, for me, I'm in an interesting position where, most of my net worth is tied up in outreach stock. So I have other things that, and like I, you know, I have a salary, I have other things and other ways that I want to diversify. So what are the goals that I have that are tied to diversification, taking advisory or investing in other companies that are private? You know, what do I want to do in the stock market? What do I want to get to Um, relationships? You know, in the past, one of my biggest ones had been seeing my nephews a certain amount of times per year. I love my nephews. When I go through the exercise that we talked about, around the previous year and going through my calendar and my phone, one of the things that made me light up the most was when I saw my nephews. So wow. How do I spend more time with my nephews? They're 15 and 13, two boys. I mean, that's the best age, right? They're schooling yeah. me in basketball now. They're like finally beating me. They're taller than me. <laughs> it's great. You know, I tell them uncle strength. They'll never be able to beat me up. But like, you know, um, they, you know, if I fight, so the first game we played, he beat me 11 to one. He just hit like, you know, a bunch of three pointers. I was like, damn, okay. The second game we played, he beat me like eleven nine, and I basically just like posted him up the whole time because I'm still I'm still bigger than him. That's right. Um, but he's got a shot, and he plays every day, and he's got endurance. And I'm like, you know, thirty two, and I don't run around that much, so I'm like, I'm 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 wheezing. Um, but it was, that was fun. So that was on my list. Uh, mental, like meditation. So you know, are there things that you can do to meditate a certain amount of times per week or a certain amount of um, you know hours per month or something like that. And then in like personal things, what are those things that you wanted to accomplish that were on your bucket list? For me, it used to be number of travel days, you know, a number of cities that I visited, number of countries that I visited. Now that goal has changed. You know, I care less about how many countries I can get to in a year and care more about how much time do I get to spend with my family. It's crazy how that goal changes. It almost completely flipped. It flipped from wanting to be on the road visiting new cities to now wanting to be at home with my family. That's true. And I've watched that. I remember when you would talk to me about your goal for how many places you'd get and you yeah. blew me away that you could run a sales hacker by being in a different city damn near every day, I swear. And, uh, and now you're right. I see you really uh, focusing that on this, this new child of yours and it's awesome. It's to crazy. See. Yeah. yeah. And so but, the last thing is make sure your goals are, are quantifiable, hard, but realistic and things that you can control. So if you say you want to lose weight, you want to say, I want to go from 175 to 160 pounds. One, you can control it. Two, it's quantifiable. You put the number 15 in there. And three, it's hard but realistic. You're losing 15 pounds. You know, that's a realistic goal. That's good. If you can get from 175 to, if you're 5'9", you're 175, and you want to get to 160, like, that's a good goal. And then you can get more granular than that if you want to. If you want to measure, you know, BMI, like, I want to make sure I'm losing fat, not muscle yeah. or you know, want to like, you can get more as granular as you want, you know, meditation. I want to make sure I meditate for 20 minutes, three times a week, or you can say an hour a week, however you split that up. So just make sure that you can control it. It's quantifiable and it's hard, um, but realistic. That's awesome. So that's how you set it. You write them all down before we get into how you monitor and manage it moving on. Uh, let me ask you a couple questions. How important is that to involve someone else? How important is sharing, discussing, letting other people know about that? Is that important, unimportant? What are your thoughts? You don't need to. 
I, I do share it with my significant other. I, you know, my wife, I think, um, it's helpful for me to, to talk through it. And I think talking through it with somebody, even if they don't talk back, allows you to like clarify your thoughts in your head. Yeah. Um, at least it's helpful for me. Um, you know, if they do talk back and they do want to give feedback or advice and you're comfortable sharing it, then, um, you know, I think it's a good exercise, but you don't need to, like this could be done completely on your own. You don't need to talk through it with anybody else. It's, it's not about anybody else. It's about you. It's about your life. And just like, you know, making sure that you've, you found this time during the, this, this time of rebirth. That's what winter is. It's a time of rebirth and rejuvenation. Like you're supposed to go inside, indoors, sleep, eat, hibernate, you know, like bears right. do. And it's that time to recalibrate on like what's going to be important for next year. And so like you shoot out of the gates in January with this like rejuvenated, reborn, reinvigorated approach where, you know, all right, like I know what I'm here to accomplish. I've seen the past and know what I like. I've, I've recalibrated. I've taken that stock, that inventory and recalibrated completely and said, okay, now I have my mission. I have my point B again. And over the course of the year, maybe tack to the way there, but, and then point B shifts, but you know, at least you know where you're, you're where you're going. Should, should, is it, is it helpful for sales leaders to encourage the reps of their team to adopt this kind of thinking to talk about that a little yeah. bit, because we got, as you know, our, our listeners are sales leaders and they have eight to 12 or more per team that they're leading. Any thoughts around why a leader ought to be the kind of person that helps people adopt this way of thinking? If people have focus in their personal lives, they'll have focus in their business lives. Mm. And that, that's just like the basics of it. I mean, there are plenty of other reasons, but you know, if you've got a, you know, let's say you got a young rep, they don't know what they want their career path to be. And then they're struggling in their personal life because they don't know like where they want to live. And so now they're thinking about all these different things and they haven't taken the time to like clarify in a bit. All that stuff takes up like mental RAM. Your head's like a computer, right? Like you can only hold so much in there. You can only think about so many things at the same time. You're stressed out about all this other stuff because you haven't had time to like sit down and think through it and clarify what you want and then go get it. Then they're all over the place and they're comparing themselves to their friends and they're like, why aren't I making that much money? Blah, blah. It's like, well, if you had just clarified what you thought was important earlier in the year, you would have known that like, okay, this year you're going to make 120 and that's going to be a win and you're going to be really happy with that. But if like you don't set that tone in the beginning of the year and then you should start to see a bunch of friends who are making 150 and then you're like, why am I making 150 or whatever? Now you're like all of a sudden in this weird mental headspace when like you never, like if you had just sat back for a second and said, all right, like this is where I am. I'm in a place where I want to be. I know that now. In order to get to my longer term goal, this is what I'm gonna, like, this is gonna have to be okay for me this year. And now I'm done. I'm, I'm past that. I moved past this like mental fog, you know, head screw up. Yeah. And you're, you're focused. You're focused on your work. You're focused on being the best person you can be for the job instead of thinking and your head's swirling with all this other stuff going around. So I think that's, that's the first thing. I think the second thing is like, you, you know, you, you just want, um, your reps to feel fulfilled and purpose driven because that's how they're going to get the best work out of people. And you're going to drive mm-hmm. fulfillment and purpose if they do stuff like this and understand, okay, this is, this is helping me on my journey and I'm here because I know it and I'm bought in. But if they like have to like go back and forth, like, why am I even doing this type of stuff? Then you get people who get, you check out. You know what I'm thinking, Max, as I listen to you, 
you'd said you started this conversation with me about the importance of you are who you're surrounded by and the five people, you know, you're the sum of the five people you're with. If you're a sales leader, man, be one of those five that's most influential, right? Mm-hmm. Don't tell them what their goals are, but help them go through a process of getting where they want to go someplace that matters and be that person that helps them get there. That, that's what I'm thinking as I listen to you. Oh yeah. And you'll, and you'll never lose people. Yeah. You will be the place to, to, to go work because there are a lot of, a lot of salespeople out there that just want to work for somebody who can help them get to the next level of their, their careers. Well, you, you, you see the stuff. I mean, now I thought it was 26, 28% turnover for salespeople last year. And our mutual friend, Amy Volas told me that it's 34% of salespeople turned over last year. It's over yep. a third. Um, you and I both have had the conversation. There's a sales leadership crisis and that's why there's a turnover crisis. So if you can be that leader that helps people do more than have a job, I, I think you're right. I think they'll stick around a lot longer. Yeah. And you know, coaches, you're not supposed to just coach the, the deal. You got to coach the person, you gotta yeah. coach the individual. I'm with so, you. This helps. Yeah. All right. So that's your structure for setting goals really that's quickly. Annual. Yeah. Your annual. So can you talk about how your follow up and, and what you do to make sure you stay on track? Yeah. So that is my annual thing that I do once a year around this time of year, you know, end of December, get some good headspace, you know, uh, whatever you have to do. If you want to need to rent a hotel room in the woods or something like that, do that for a night, whatever helps you get into like that, that space where you have the time to sit down, look at your calendar, look at your phone, do whatever you need to do, think through things. Right. Um, I like to, to, to get off the grid. We went to Sedona this year uh, so to do cool. it, kind of did our own things. Um, after that, you have to continue. You have to make sure you're, you're staying on track. So um, the first top of the doc that I open up, in Google Docs is the, all the work that I did for my annual thing. So I keep that on like the first two pages. On page three, I'll write week one or like January 1st, you know, to, uh, 2020. So like that'll be the first week of my ongoing check-ins. And then every Sunday, I'll write under a couple different buckets just, you know, about my week. And these are the buckets. So what am I stressed about? I break that into two different ones, macro and micro. So, you know, macro could be bigger things that I can't control, like market volatility. Stock market's going to crash. There's going to be a recession. I'm stressed about that. Micro is smaller things like a project that's under-resourced or, um, you know, what be another example? Uh, let's see, like, you know, I got a dented my car or something like that. The second thing is growth. So how did I track towards my goals from the previous week? So like, did I get in a certain number of workouts or a certain number of meditations or, you know, what's my weight at now? Like, how do I track towards that? Did I hit any important milestones? Um, did I make like a bonus at work or something like that? Did I close a big deal? Third thing is what I'm grateful for. So just taking a second to appreciate my health, my happiness, the people around me, my family, all those different things. And then the fourth is my to do. So like what needs to be done that week? And I break that into personal and work. So writing this out um, allows me to get some clarity around a couple things. But I'll go into like why these buckets really help. When you write about what you're stressed about, it takes the emotion out of it. So when you see it, when you write it and you see it on paper, it removes the emotion a little bit. It allows you to compartmentalize that one thing that you're stressed about. And it allows you to clarify that one thing you're stressed about. So sometimes your head's swirling and you're stressed out and you're pissed off and you're like, you're conflating the situation because you're 
but you're connecting all these different things that you're stressed about. You haven't clarified them. You don't know if you should even be stressed about them to begin with. Once you put it on paper, first of all, it takes that emotion away. Second of all, you clarify that, that piece and you're like, wow, it's not really that stressful to begin with. I, that'll, that, that'll be fixed. That's a it short makes you thing. Neo in the Matrix, dude. You take yeah. that bullet, you look at it, you chuck it away, right? Exactly, right? Like, <laughs> oh, man, I backed into a pole. Now I got to get my car fixed. And you look at that and you write it out. And then you're like, will I be mad about this in a month? No. So why am I going to be mad about it today? Like, this is a short-term bullshit problem. Like, Love it. you pay the money, it's fixed. Yeah, you're out a little bit of money. You know, make on. it back in your life. You move on. Yeah, right? So, like, so that's the stress bucket, and that's why you write it out. The second thing is uh, growth. So just, you know, giving yourself little wins. Like, how did you track your, your growth that week? Like, oh, you're down a pound. Okay, cool. Like, good job. Pat yourself on the back. That's awesome. Um, I meditated three times last week. Great. Even if you only meditated two times, it's like, well, listen, two is better than none. You're, you're doing a good job. Let's see if you can get three in next week. Like, you closed a big deal. Fantastic. Write it down. And this is always fun because, like, you can go back and look at your year and say, like, oh, wow, like, look how the things changed that I was stressed about. Like, that list wow. got short. Yeah. Or, you know, look at all the things that I accomplished. Look at all those milestones. Like, that was really cool. Like, oh, man, remember when I was stressed about that thing? Like, look how many weeks later it fell off. Like, next time I won't be stressed about that thing because it only lasted one week on my list. Like, silly, right? Like, look how quick that went away. Um, the, the third thing is what you're grateful for. There's no better way to just put a smile on your own face than to like sit down and just write a, a gratitude list. Attitude of gratitude. You know, just if you maintain that, nothing can get you down. And you just have to like, I mean, I'm grateful for so many things. I'm grateful for my health right now. Like I had a sprained ankle like five years ago and I couldn't do anything. Like you couldn't play basketball. I couldn't walk around. Everything hurt. Every day that I don't have a sprained ankle, I'm so grateful that I don't have a sprained ankle. Like, I'm just super grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for the roof over my head. I'm grateful for the work that I get to do. I'm grateful for the security that I have with, you know, that comes with the work that I get to do. I'm grateful for nature. I'm grateful for all these different things. Like, how often do you actually sit down and think about that, though? And it's like, why? That could solve your attitude problem in two seconds. You know what, Max? I gotta interrupt you one more time. I'm sorry, but I love what you're saying. All of the leaders, you know, we've had great leaders join our show. We, we, we pretty much only have leaders that are winning join our show. A few thought leaders, but it's guys, women that are leading teams. To a person, the most successful ones identify the things they're grateful for. Just like you, and one that comes to mind is a mutual friend, Ralph Barcy. It's part of his non-negotiables. If you do not have an attitude of gratitude, he said you cannot have sustained success. He said it's impossible to do. I Ralph, love that. Ralph is the man when it comes to that, for sure. Yeah. Uh, he is, he, he's got the, the surfer personality. I love it. <laughs> he's, if you're looking for a job, he's one of the best to work for. That's for sure. Um, and, it, and that, that's kind of one of the things that makes him that good is like, you know, that attitude of gratitude, that kind of like easygoing. All right. I, you know, appreciate things. Yes. And he's uh, genuine. Yeah. And that's why for you to make that like one of your, your four, Things that you got to do, stress, what you're stressed about, what you, where you grow and what are you grateful for? And then what, what are the to do's? That's pretty cool because you are guaranteeing that you will take a, take chance to say, even if it's something small, even if it's the smallest thing, I'm glad I at least have that, right? Yep. Oh man, I'm grateful for my dogs, grateful for like, there's so many things that just every day where you're not aching and pain, like be grateful for your health. 
Um, be grateful for your eyesight, be grateful for all these different things. So, um, I think that's a very important one. And, and again, writing it down allows you to feel it, mm, you know, so you good. really you put it in. So, and then the to do's, um, because you have what you're stressed about, how you grew and what you're grateful for, you actually have, it, it, it breaks the to do's out very easily for you. So I, I use personal as a bucket. I use work as a bucket and, um, you know, I can look at what I'm stressed about and say, let's say you, you dented your car. Well, then in your to do's under personal, let's go fix your car. Like there are little things like that that allow you to just say, okay, well, now I know what I need to do to fix the thing I'm stressed about. And then it's done. Poof, gone. Uh, and the growth bucket, it's like, all right, well, I only got, I didn't get any meditations in this week. So this week I need to get, I need to make sure I get my three in. That's going to go on my to-do list. How do I schedule that in? Let's put it on my calendar. Gives you a second to go in. Again, take that inventory, recalibrate whatever you need to do to get, to make sure you build in the time to make sure you're hitting your goals. Um, so, you, so you have that out. Now you have your to-do list. And now you all, all of a sudden feel this clarity going into the next week. Again, I do this on Sundays. So that going into the next week, I'm like, I know exactly what I need to do to check off all the boxes for my next week in order to feel like I had a, uh, a productive week. And you can do this monthly. You don't have to do this weekly. But it's just it's good to keep track. Keep Let's talk it. about that. How long does it take you to do that every week? What's the your time investment? Uh, Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah. It's got to be one of the best ten minutes you spend in a week. Oh yeah, I mean it's like the highest ROI thing, right? It's, what else are you doing? Watching football? What are you doing on Sunday? Like, That's right. Do it while you're watching football. It takes ten minutes. Even my annual goal setting stuff, like uh, it probably takes me uh, two or three hours to do, maybe a little longer, but. What else are you like this time of year? What else are you going to do? Like, this is what you're supposed to do. And it's super high ROI, three or four, like, let's say it's three or four hours. It's the best three or four hours you're going to spend. Like, this yeah. is 10 minutes every Sunday. Like, don't half-ass it. Don't mail it in. But, you know, it's only 10 minutes. So this stuff, you know, um, it really does keep you on track. It's worth it. Again, like, you know, if you want to be successful, uh, you know, luck's not a strategy, right? Hope is not a strategy. Hope I think is not a strategy. Like, yeah, no, one of, my, one of my mentors wrote that book. Uh, Rick Page wrote that book. It was yeah. a best-selling sales book. Hope is not a strategy. Yeah, so you have to be, um, you know, diligent. You have to be intelligent about it. You have to be, you know, take a, a pro, uh, you know, pragmatic approach to it. And, you know, this is how I've done it. I've done it for a long time. Um, and I, I do... And I say this word quite often in this podcast, and I, I say it when it talks to, to goal setting, but um, I do recalibrate uh, a quarterly on the quarterly. larger, kind of on the bigger picture thing. So, you know, uh, something that I, I maybe uh, plugged in in the beginning of the year on the annual doc, I'll change later on. Because you'll realize that the goal really wasn't the goal to begin with. I want to lose 15 pounds wasn't the goal. I want to be in shape was the goal. So like, what are the things you need to do to feel in shape? Well, let's change that. Maybe it's like, maybe it's not a weight loss thing. Maybe it's I want to be able to run a five minute mile. Maybe it's, you know, something else. So, Mm. um, there's that way of thinking about it. Then, I mean, if you want to get way more intense and I, I I choose not to do this because it's a little, it's, it's too much, but there are like, you can study like lead and lag measures, which are things that, um, adjust, you know, basically like there's objects, objectives, strategies, and measures. What's like an actual goal versus what's like a lead or lag measure. So like is your goal that you're setting actually a lag measure to a certain larger objective? I choose not to get 
too much in the weeds on that type of stuff because then you just get you make it more daunting and you want to make this again attainable achievable and excite you want to be excited to do it you don't want to overthink it um you want to think through it but you don't want to overthink it so max this is so good i i got a lot of people that are listening and they're stuck in traffic or they're walking their dog or they're on a treadmill or whatever they're listening to you share this right now okay it's early january it's early the decade the reason i wanted you on is so they they would have a better opportunity to to maximize 2020 and beyond. I want to thank you for coming in. For people that want to apply this, you've written about it in your book. I want to push that a little bit. But any, like, words of warning or, like, you've done this, you've done it well for a long time. Any, like, tips to people that want to start going down this road and use this system, anything you'd like to say, hey, make sure that you do this if you're going to do this? Just dive in. Give it the time that it deserves. Like, make sure you set a time the, the, the time aside. Don't be too hard on yourself. Um, and, you know, bite-sized chunks, compartmentalize things. You don't have to bite it all off at once. If there's a lot of areas in your life that you want to um, improve, make sure you prioritize those things and then do the Warren Buffett 525. Like, you know, if somebody has weight loss on their list but it doesn't make it in that top five, then, like, do little things in the meantime. Maybe eat a little healthier. Don't go out to eat as much you know, cut out the, the chips and the fast food or whatever, and, you know, try and try and go for walks or something like that. But you're not going to start building out goals around like, all right, I'm going to lose 75 pounds. I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to do this, this, and the other thing. It's like, one, it's too much. Two, if it's not in your top five, this is not going to happen. Yeah. So, like, just it's okay to have some other, like, little light things around it that you can build, like, good habits around. But, you know, if it's not in your top five and you're getting in there and you're saying, I'm going to go to the gym every day of the week and I'm going to only eat, you know, broccoli and rice and, you know, salmon, it's just not going to happen. Right. And then even if that is on your top five, if you attack it with that vigor, like, well, let's, let's again, compartmentalize. Let's not make a, a year plan yet. Maybe let's make a quarterly plan. Like let's start slow. Let's build the habit. Can I get to the gym two times a week. I'm going zero right now. Can I get twice a week? If I'm on the road a lot for, you know, sales travel and there's a gym in the hotel, can I make it a goal to get to the gym in the hotel? You know, how do I structure that into my calendar so that like, I, you know, put it in my calendar, like block the time off. Um, I'm not going to eat any more fast food and, you know, I'm going to cut out, you know, all the, the snacks and chips. Start there. Then you can transfer to later on, like, all right, now we're going to have like a real dietitian come in, put together a real like diet plan for me. First step is to cut out the, the shit you know isn't good. Yeah. Second step is then, then like when you take it seriously after Q1 of building that habit, Q2, build the next habit of like, okay, now I'm going to go on a diet plan and I'm only going to eat these things or I'm going to eat these things at these times or I'm going to calorie count, whatever it is. That's fine. But the first thing you should do for the first quarter, let's say, is just cut the, the, the lights, the easy stuff that you already know is bad for you. Right. So that's how you should think about it. Love it. Okay, Max, this is awesome. You know what? The time goes fast, but this is a, t- a good topic. First, I want to thank you. You're on paternity time. You're on holiday time, and, and you agreed to do this. For, on behalf of all of our listeners, thank you. Uh, much, much love, much appreciation. Uh, how do they get more of you? How do they get more of outreach? If they want to read like the way you've, you've documented this already, how, how do they get more? Let's talk about your book and, and, and all things that you're involved in. How do they get more of you? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, so you could always hear from me there. Obviously, I put the post up um, on LinkedIn, which is where uh, you know you had seen them um, recently. But I wrote a book called Career Hacking for Millennials. It's not just for millennials. 
Um, it's for everybody. Uh, I'm a millennial. I f- did not know a lot of people in the industry when I joined and got into tech. My dad was a one-man shop financial advisor out of Long Island, New York. So I went out to San Francisco knowing nobody and kind of um, kind of struck out on my own and wished that I had had some kind of level of like mentorship or advisory. Uh, I relied on like Tim Ferriss books and things like that. Um, and like building my own network to get to, to where I was. And I saw there was kind of a little, little bit of a gap. Um, while I love Tim Ferriss and he's, you know, a definitely an inspiration for a lot of things that I, that I study or write, you know, the hacking mentality, you know, his four hour work week, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he's got Princeton degrees, really smart guy. I'm an Arizona state guy. Listen, some of his stuff's over my head. So I wanted to write a book for the rest of us, which is, love it. uh, how do I, like, how do I bring in what I learned over time from either reading or learning from other individuals that is more on, you know, my reading level, let's say, and, uh, or academic level and, you know, not as much biohacking or whatever else, but just like, Hey, here's how I'm going to live my life and just tweak it a little bit. So it's a little bit better. Um, so I put the book together. Um, it's on career hacking. It's on kind of all my personal and also career, uh, learnings, um, over the past decade of, you know, my career. So it's not just for millennials, but anybody can read it. Uh, and it, and it should be helpful. So I did that. Um, you can find out more about outreach, just ping me. Um, we'll get you set up uh, and show you, you know, all the, all the, all the, the good things that can, uh, transform your sales organization. Obviously you said you guys are customers and loving it. So, uh, really excited about that. Great to have you, you on board. Um, we got about 4,000 customers wow. now crossing hundred million ARR, um, and recurring revenues. So, it's been, it's been fun and the, and the growth is a testament obviously to, you know, the, the growth of the profession, um, but also, you know, our team and the people that we have, uh, working internally at outreach are, are amazing. Um, so yeah, so read the book, check out outreach, check out sales hacker. Um, you know, love what you're doing, Rob, love the podcast, love the product. Thank Thanks, you. Love you. You're my boy. <laughs> um, and I'm happy to help, you know, everybody out there, shoot me a message on LinkedIn and, and ask me any questions you want. But you know, if you are, I like surrounding myself. Like I said before, you're some of the people, you know, that are around you. I like surrounding myself with growth mindset people. doesn't matter where you're at in your career. If you are digging into your goal setting stuff like this, then you are probably a growth mindset person. Um, shoot me a note. Uh, happy to help. And I'll tell you, Max is someone that walks that talk. He will, he is happy to help. He loves the profession. He's trying to make it better. Uh, Max, you've got your fingerprint on a lot of things that are involved in the modern sales world. I appreciate what you've done for me personally. I appreciate what you've done for our profession. And right now, I'm appreciative of what you're doing for all of our thousands of listeners worldwide. I'll say to you, like I always say, happy selling, my friend. Happy selling. Love it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What segment of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? Now, I need to thank our friends at Outreach for their support of the Sales Leadership Podcast and for helping us showcase Max Outschuler's proven system on goal setting, but more important, goal accomplishment as we kick off this 2020 year. And you know, goal accomplishment is what outreach is all about. Help your team become a revenue-driving machine by creating sales engagement your reps and your customers will thank you for. Outreach is built by salespeople for salespeople, and they know how to help you scale. Listen, a lot of people use the new year to set new goals. Scott Adams, the creator of the comic Dilbert, once said, Losers have goals, but winners have systems. I wanted to bring you a proven system 
a system that will ter- help you turn goals into realities. And Max's system is exactly that. I've watched Max talk about it for a few years. I've read about it. He's put it in his book. I know a number of people, like my good friend Scott Barker, that have, have uh, adopted it. Every single person that has used Max's system has told me how transformational it's been and what they're actually able to accomplish. And so what I'd like to finish this with, I don't want to add a lot. It was a long interview. It was an awesome interview. Max is really, really a good person to model if you want to be effective and productive. Um, He's accomplished a tremendous amount of things in in his career. But here's what I would say. Challenge yourself this year uh, with this question. What am I capable of? What can I really do? I I just finished reading my third book of the year. It was um, a book called Can't Hurt Me. And I love it. It's it's about a guy that goes through all kinds of crazy physical things and and based his life around what am I capable of accomplishing? And so I would I would challenge yourself to that. What am I really capable of? How far can I go? Go back and and do this to a T. You know the the annual. What do I want to accomplish? I, I like the categories that he's broken down into. That makes sense. But I think that the real power of his system comes in the weekly check in with yourself. And you, you are writing that down as a tab in your, in your Google Doc uh, and, and match that up to that letter to yourself on how the year went. Do it. Uh, take that 15 minutes every week to course correct. Uh, I've learned that self-correction is the fastest way to avoid self-destruction. I'll say it again. Self-correct before you self-destruct. Don't have this be another year where you say, dang it, another year got away from me. You know what, I'm at a point in my life where I look back and, and I know that I've done some things great, but I also know I could have done more. And I'm frustrated that I'm at a point where I can't go back and get that. I'm very aware that time is our most precious resource. Get everything you can. Own it. Go get it. And as if you're a leader, one of the great things you'll be able to do with your team is teach them to be introspective as well and challenge themselves and help them accomplish more than they ever would have done if left on their own because they had the chance to work with you as a leader. So I want to thank Max. Max is fantastic. I'm very grateful for my relationship with Max. Grateful that he would join us on the show. Um, I, 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 would, I would tell you, go and spend some time. If you've already made your New Year's goals, that's great. Put them up against this system and make sure you have this reinforcement system because you don't want to be the loser that just has the goal. You want to win because you have a system. With that, I want to thank you for listening to the show. I want to uh, ask you to keep giving us those those reviews. Uh, keep telling your friends about it. To those of you who are keeping giving me the feedback and reaching out and asking more questions or thanking me and sharing with me how it's helping you in your leadership career, thank you. You keep listening, and we'll keep bringing you the best sales leaders in the world. We've got a lot more great ones coming. And with that, I'll remind you as always, don't worry. Just execute because we got you. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exvoyant, the modern sales leadership platform for salesforce.com users. You can visit Exvoyant at exvoyant.com.